Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Bright Earth, The Invention of Color. Despite being in the same category of yellow, what is the difference between Gamboge yellow, Cadmium yellow, Chrome yellow, Lemon yellow, and Naples yellow? Why do colors have a variety of strange names? What kind of yellow did Vincent van Gogh choose for his painting Sunflower to convey his intense emotions? Why has this blazing color faded into the relatively dim and dull color that we see today? These questions have haunted painters and art lovers on many occasions. In the book Bright Earth, The Invention of Color, these questions are answered by a chemist. Throughout the ages, the interpretation of art has always focused on style, form, and technique. Compared to this, how artists use colors and how they obtain these colors has rarely been questioned. The art historian John Gage once argued that in the study of art history, one of the aspects that has been neglected is the artist's tools. An essential tool for artists, color has always lacked appropriate attention. Now, Bright Earth brings us Western art history from the perspective of colors, telling us how the development of science and technology in different eras has expanded the scope of colors, thereby realizing or changing the different forms of creating art. It studies how the demand for art has been stimulated by the development of chemical technology, and how artists and schools were able to accept and use new pigments and new technologies. This kind of reciprocal two-way approach presents us with a unique perspective for understanding Western art history. The author of this book Philip Ball received a bachelor's degree in chemistry from Oxford University, and later obtained a PhD in physics from the University of Bristol. He is now a consultant editor for the science journal Nature. As a scientist and a writer of popular science, Ball won the British Aventus Prize for Science Books for his book Critical Mass, How One Thing Leads to Another. His work covers many fields, including science, art, history, and society. He is considered both entertaining and fascinating to read. In this book, Ball not only professionally and meticulously examines Western art masters in their works, but also provides a new understanding of art history from the perspective of colors and technology. The book Bright Earth has been continuously reprinted in Europe and America and has received unanimous praise from readers, especially artists. In this bookie, we will look into our understanding of art from the perspective of both colors and technological innovation through the following three sections. Colors determine the boundaries of art, technologies promote the innovation of colors, and the interchange and development of science and art. In Ball's view, it is beyond doubt that colors limit the artist's expression. From the religiousness of artwork in medieval times with their limited sources of color to the new colors of Venetian paintings in the Renaissance, and finally to the bright synthetic colors dependence of the Impressionists during the late 19th century. These examples all demonstrate that color is crucial as it can determine artistic boundaries. During medieval times, the most illustrious new color was blue ultramarine, extracted from the blue mineral lapis lazuli. This kind of pigment is rich in hue but very difficult to obtain, so it was extremely expensive, and all artists cherished it. A less costly substitute was mineral azurite. 
Compared with ultramarine, azurite was a pale sky blue hue with a hint of green. Considering the cost, many art sponsors specified the use of azurite in their contracts. It was a luxury to use ultramarine in a painting. When it comes to luxury, one has to mention a certain shade of red, which was known as the Red King in medieval times. It was extracted from cinnabar, a natural mineral. Until no earlier than the 11th century, filling paintings with cinnabar was as expensive as using gold. However, in the early 15th century, cinnabar was used extensively, and by the time of the Renaissance, it had already become widespread. Compared with ultramarine and cinnabar, the golden color in medieval works was more shiny. This was because people used real gold leaf on the drawing board to express pious reverence for God. While there were many innovations in the production of colors in medieval times, they lacked quantity. The color purple was mainly made by mixing blue azurite with red lake. Yellow came from orpiment, which was a mineral extract, and green came from verdigris, which would erode paper, making it inconvenient to use. Despite the limited choices for color, the application of color in the artwork of medieval times was not complicated. During these times, painting was similar to a mechanized technique. There was no need to show skills through slight changes in color. Painters only needed to apply a large number of expensive colors on the drawing board. The use of costly colors was partly due to the limited choices, and partly because painters aimed to strengthen the supernatural power of their artwork. In early times, people who created paintings were monks in the monastery. The most critical task for monks was to draw the stories in the Bible and in the Gospels to express their faith and piety. The purpose was to glorify God. What could be more pious than devoting gold to God? However, by the end of medieval times, around the 15th century, the development of commerce and trade made the social ethos more practical. The theme of paintings was no longer restricted to religion. Painting became an art interconnected with science and academia, and the Great Renaissance began. Artists of the Renaissance called for loyalty to nature, emphasizing that the aesthetic sense was superior to reason, and style was given more importance than technique. Whether the style should favor lines or colors became an essential art debate topic during this period. This debate divided Italian artists into the schools of Florentine painting represented by Leonardo da Vinci, and Venetian painting represented by Titian. Why did the school of painting that favored colors appear in the water city of Venice? This is because during that time, Venice served as a significant bridge that connected the trade between the east and the west. New colors from the far east first arrived here, and were then shipped to all parts of western Europe. Venice was therefore called the city of color during the Renaissance. During this period, although many colors were still dull, the bright new colors delivered from the east made the artist's drawing board vivid and colorful. The Venetian painter's experimentation with new colors was endless, and the most outstanding painter among them was Titian who was known for his deft use of color. Titian used a wide range of colors. In his most famous work Bacchus and Ariadne, Titian used almost every pigment known in the early 16th century. Vibrant green came from malachite, green earth, verdigris and copper resonate. Ultramarine was used profligately in Ariadne's robe, the remarkable sky, distant hills, and even for some shadows. The seaside was applied using a greenish azurite to make it stand out. 
Ariadne's scarf was created using vermilion. Bacchus's entourage wore orange robes, here Titian used an oriental color which was the only orange at that time, Rialgar. The use of abundant and intense colors in Titian's work amazed the world. He led the Venetian painters to create the style of chromatic painting, which achieved harmony through the subtle adjustment of colors. These artists knew how to make the most of color, how to use bold and lustrous colors to tell stories and convey emotions. As a result, clearly outlined and sharply contrasting colors of the medieval times were discarded entirely. For the first time in the history of Western art, painters depicted the world as it indeed appears to the eye. Using dull and expensive colors to celebrate God was no longer enough to satisfy their creativity. This also reflected the motto of the Renaissance, Be True to Nature. After the Renaissance, artists suddenly seemed to abandon the use of a bright color palette. The contrast between light and shadow became the dominant style among European artists. It was not until the end of the 19th century that artists' love of vibrant colors reappeared, which was known as the era of Impressionism. Impressionism brought a new look to art. However, the bright effects that relied on the brilliance of color could never have been achieved without the emergence of new synthetic pigments. It was in the 19th century that the chemical industry made many breakthroughs and set off a cascade of color innovation. The most often used pigment by Impressionists was white. For a long time, the white color on the palette came from toxic lead white, because it was the only white that was widely used. In the mid-19th century, French chemists improved the process and produced non-toxic zinc white. This new white color appeared in the artwork of Paul Cezanne and Paul Gauguin. The emergence of new synthetic pigments benefited from the research on heavy metals by chemists. Arsenic compounds were made into Shayla's green named after the discoverer and emerald green. The compound of chrome was manufactured into chrome yellow, a rich yellow, chrome orange, an intense orange, and chrome green, a dull but slightly transparent green. Among them, chrome green was the designated green by Cezanne. The application of the heavy metal element cobalt was even more fascinating. Inventors used it to make cobalt blue, sky blue, cobalt green, cobalt yellow, and cobalt purple. Thanks to the sudden innovation in the field of colors, the artist's choices had never been more abundant. For Impressionist artists seeking a strong colorful effect, it was an inevitable choice for these new colors to be added to the palette. Among the 20 principal pigments identified in Impressionist paintings, 12 were the new synthetics that appeared in the 19th century, demonstrating the strong preference for new materials by Impressionists. In the work of Impressionist master Claude Monet, these new colors are found everywhere. In his work La Guerre Saint-Lazare, the grays, browns, and even the blacks weren't constructed with traditional earth pigments, but came from a beautiful mixture of new bright artificial colors. In Van Gogh's letter to his brother Theo Van Gogh, he made a shopping list of which new synthetics he wanted. He also described the inspiration brought by these new synthetics in detail. Van Gogh said, Color expresses something by itself, that which is beautiful, really beautiful. The terrible passions of humanity were undoubtedly at play in Vincent van Gogh's inner world, which was ignited by these new pigments. However, he probably never imagined that his painting Sunflower which is famous for its wild colors would also become dull in later generations. 
The reason is that the quality of chrome yellow in the painting has declined in a contest against time and air pollution. That concludes the first part of this bookie. The limited choices of colors in medieval times were used to express devotion in religious artwork, the new colors of the Venetian paintings illuminated the glory of the Renaissance, and the steep rise of synthetic colors created the bright impact of Impressionism. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.